0: You are listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Paragold, a church committed to making the real Jesus known to every man, woman, and child. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagold.com. Well, 750 years before Christ came into this world, God wanted to show a picture of what His love would be like through a very obscure and bizarre story in the Old Testament. I'm not going to have you turn there, but in the book of Hosea, God comes to the prophet Hosea, who was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel. And he comes to Hosea, this man whose name literally means salvation. And he says, Hosea, here's what I want you to do. Here's your assignment. I want you to go and I want you to take for yourself a woman who is a prostitute. I want you to take for yourself, and I want you to make this woman who will never be faithful to you, who will never love you, I want you to make her your wife. I want you to make her your bride, and I want you to pursue her, and I want you to love her. And we read about this in the book of Hosea chapter 1 in verse 2, where God says, go and take for yourself, Hosea, a wife of whoredom, and have children of whoredom, for the land commits great whoredom by forsaking the Lord. And then it says in verse 3, so Hosea went and he took Gomer... Which I'm sure was a, a really pretty name back in the day. And he took the woman Gomer and he made her his wife. And what then began to happen is is these two had a, a fairly decent life in the beginning. I mean, they had some kids. They began to kind of make a life together for themselves. But then one day the marriage began to fall apart because Hosea woke up and Gomer was nowhere to be found. She had, as the Lord had promised, went to go pursue other men that she believed could give her the satisfaction and the fulfillment that she is longing for. What's so incredible in this story is rather than Hosea just sitting back and saying, you know what? I've been faithful to you. I've loved you. I've given you everything, and this is the way you repay me. You know what? Forget you. I'm just going to lock up the house, and if you want to try to get back in, you're just going to have to prove your worth to me before I open the door back into this relationship. Rather than Hosea doing that, it says in chapter 3, verse 1, that the Lord came to Hosea and said, Go again and love a woman who is loved by another man and is an adulteress. And here's why, Hosea, I want you to do this, because this is the type of love the Lord has for the children of Israel, though they turn and pursue false gods. And so Hosea, he doesn't argue with God, he doesn't try to change God's mind, he steps out of the house and he begins walking all through the city and he begins to look for his wife. And I can just imagine as a man how how embarrassing this must have been. I mean, this is a prophet of God. This is a man, Hosea, who is supposed to be a beacon of light to the nations and he's supposed to have his life together. But here he is now and he's searching for his wife and he's walking around and saying, "Hey, hey, have you seen Gomer? People are like, are you talking about your wife? Like, yeah, I'm talking about my wife. Like, you don't know where your wife is? Like, no, I don't know where she is. Has anybody seen her? And nobody knows where she is, but Hosea doesn't give up. He continues to pursue, and eventually he finds her. And you know where he finds her at? He finds her literally at a slave auction. And she's being sold into slavery. And many scholars believe that when Hosea walked through the doors that she was on probably a, kind of a pedestal or stage like this and there were all these men out there and she was being auctioned off to these other men. She'd go to the highest bidder to be their slave for the rest of her life. But, but Hosea walks through the doors and he says, Hey, excuse me, like that's my wife. And the auctioneer looks at him and says, Well, I don't care who she is to you, she's mine now. She's my property, and if you want her, you're just going to have to buy her back. And I would imagine in this moment that that Hosea would say, you know what, forget it. After all she's done to me and the kids, I ain't paying a penny for her. But in probably one of the most scandalous verses in the Old Testament, after the auctioneer says, if you want her, you're going to have to buy her. It says in Hosea chapter 3, verse 2, so Hosea bought her. Wait a minute, like... Hosea, you bought her, like this, this This woman who has treated you and your kids like dirt, this woman who's embarrassed you and shamed you, like this woman who's, who's filthy, he's used and abused, who has been with no telling how many men, you bought her, like Hosea, she's already yours, and Hosea says, yeah, I know, but I love her so much, I'm so committed to her, I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. I'm willing to pay whatever price I need to pay to get back what already belongs to me. And if you hear that and you're like, well, what in the world does that have to do with Christmas? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible says in Psalm 24:1 that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What that means is everything you have and everything you are belongs to God. You are his. However, because of our sin, because all of us have chased after other lovers, after other things that we believe can give us a salvation and the satisfaction we are longing for, we've walked out on God. We stepped out of the house. We have separated ourselves from him. But what's so amazing is rather than God sitting back in the house, rather than him sitting back in heaven, he left the house. He left heaven and he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth 2,000 years ago to pay the price that we could never pay for our sins so that he could purchase with his His own blood, what is already his. That is the Christmas story. I cannot imagine what Gomer must have felt in that moment when she saw her husband walk through the door. This is the last person she'd expect to come in. I mean, here she is. She's covered in chains. She's covered in shame. She's covered in fear. She's covered in guilt. And Hosea says, just name the price. And I'll pay whatever I have to pay to rescue and redeem my bride. And so he pays for her. And after he purchases her, he doesn't try to shame her or guilt her. He doesn't say, you have any idea what you've done? You, have any, you, you owe me so much. He doesn't do that. You know what he does in verse 3? He renews his wedding vows to her. In Hosea 3 verse 3, he says to her, you will now dwell as mine for many days. And you will no longer play the whore or belong to these men who are using you and abusing you. You will be faithful to me and I will be faithful to you. That's not what I would have said. Thought if that had been my wife. He just keeps loving her. He keeps pursuing her. And then after he renews his wedding vows, the last two verses I'll read and I'll be done. In Hosea 3, verse 4 and 5, he begins to prophesy about the future of Israel, which is also our future because we are grafted into the people of Israel. Genesis 12 speaks of, for the children of Israel, he says, shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod or the household of gods. And look at this, afterward, the children of Israel shall return and they shall seek the Lord their God and David their king. And by the way, there, Hosea doesn't mean David. He just doesn't know the name of Jesus, so he's just doing the best he can with what information he has. They will seek the Lord their God and David the king, and they shall come to him in fear. But then in in the later days, they will come to him in his goodness. Hosea says, there's coming a day where where God is going to send a king to this world to rescue you and redeem you. And when that happens, you won't have to stand in all of God's judgment. You'll be able to stand in all of his goodness and his grace and his mercy. Listen, the reason I share that is because, listen, guys, these days that Hosea prophesies about here are the days we're living in now. We're all gomers. And Jesus is our great Hosea. We have all pursued other lovers. We have all chased after other things that we believe. Man, if I can just get this thing, if I can just get this person, then my life will be complete. We have all turned to our own ways. But Jesus came and he paid a price that we could not pay by laying down his own life to purchase, to rescue, and to redeem what is already his. In John 3.16, the Bible says, For God so loved the world. It doesn't just say he loved the world. It says he He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him shall not perish, they shall not die for their sins, but they can have everlasting life with God. That's why we celebrate Christmas. We celebrate Christmas because God has already given us the greatest gift we could receive by giving us his own son, Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that God did this for us not because we were lovable, but because he is love. And in his great grace and his great mercy, he just wanted to share that love with us. So here's my question. I'm about done, and we're about done today. Have you received this gift? I, haven't a- I didn't ask, have you been baptized? I didn't ask, uh, have you been a perfect person? I didn't ask, have you been faithful in your church attendance? I didn't ask, have you come from good parents? I didn't ask, are you a productive citizen to society? I didn't ask, do you like the idea of God? I didn't ask, do you get sentimental around this time of year? Have you received Jesus Christ? Have you received this love? Do you know, uh, listen, one thing we all have in common here today, no matter how tough or how big or how bad you think you are, we all long to be accepted. That's what we want. We all long to be accepted. We long to have a relationship where we know that we can be known, we can belong, and we can be loved with an unconditional, never stopping, never giving up love. And what you need to know today is this longing that each of us have, this thing that you are seeking desperately for, it cannot be found in a present you can open under a tree on Christmas Day, but it's found in the presence of God that is now open to everybody here who simply believes God is who He says He is and He's done everything that He says He's come to do through Christ. You realize today the greatest obstacle you have to receiving this love, it's not your lack of devotion, it's not your lack of discipline, it's simply believing the gospel. Some of you sit here right now and you've been in church your whole life, you do not love God. And you know why? Because you have not yet received the love of God. Some of you sit here and you think, man, could it be that there's a God with a love so scandalous and so deep and so wide and so expansive that truly he can love me as I am and that love, whenever I take it in, can finally fulfill the deepest longings of my heart? And the answer to that question is yes. And the Christmas story reminds us of this truth. And so this morning, as I finish up, have you received this gift? Have you received the love of Christ? If not, listen, here's what you do. You go to Him as you are in your chains in your shame in your fear in your guilt you go to him as you are and you trust because Jesus has come and lived a perfect sinless life that none of us have lived and he's died a death we all deserve to die for our sins and he rose from the dead conquering sin death and hell that now whenever you take everything that you have to him including your sins including your dreams and your aspirations and all that you have and you lay it at Jesus' feet you trust that you can be forgiven and you can be free to experience finally I'm telling you the life and the love that you are longing for if you've never done that today, I'm going to be standing right here during communion. Feel free to come and talk to me. If you don't have someone you can talk to about this, come and talk to me. I'd be happy to share with you next steps. If you're here and you've already trusted in Christ, here's the thing. Every week we partake of communion. For those who trust in Jesus, and here's what I want to encourage you to do this week. We've got two stations in the front, two in the back. Whether you're a member of our church or not, it doesn't matter. If you're a Christian, come and partake of communion. You can tear off a piece of bread, dip it in the juice. We'll have people that will serve you at these tables. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. Did you know that in the story of Hosea and Gomer, how it ends? You know what happens? Gomer is so wowed by the love that Hosea has for her. Eventually, she turns back to her husband and says, you know what, it was better to be with him than all these other men. And she stays with him. You want to know what the key is for you turning from the lovers that you've been clinging to right now to the sins that you've committed this past week, maybe over and over again? The key for you is to remember how much God has loved you. And the way that we do that in a tangible way every single week is by partaking of communion. Realize that even whenever you were a sinner, Romans 5, 8 said, Christ came and died for you. While you were still having sex outside of marriage, while you were still looking at pornography, while you were still stealing and robbing, while you still even were doing good things out of a self-righteous motive, Christ came and he died for you so you can be forgiven and freed. So come, be reminded of that in a tangible way by tearing off the bread, dip it in the juice. And then here's what I want to encourage you to do. We got two songs left. It's my two favorite songs. The last one especially because it sounds like something at a Bald Knobber's concert or like something at Branson. And so I want to encourage you, tear off your bread, dip it in your juice, and then return back to your seat. And we're going, to send it, we're going to finish celebrating what God has done for us through Christ. And So stand with me. I want to pray over this time we have together. And then you can partake either in front or in the back. Father, I thank you so much that what we have been singing about and what we just talked about, that it is not just true news, it is good news and it's the greatest news that we could ever receive. I pray now that as we receive of communion that in a real and tangible way all over again you will remind us that the greatest love that we are longing for is found in you, Jesus. If there's someone here who doesn't know you rather than receiving what would be an empty ritual for them, I pray they receive you right now. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, convict them of their sin turn their eyes to you to see that what they have been longing for all along is not found in things that can be in a junkyard or a graveyard a 100 years from now, but it's found in you, the eternal unchanging one who laid down your very life for us. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.